Yo, how you doing? This is Steve Durr. I'm here today to read to you Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 1 and going to verse 19. Jesus has been ready now, kind of giving instructions to his followers, sending them out on his mission. And now let's continue with this really interesting interaction between Jesus and John the Baptist through John the Baptist's followers. So let's listen. When Jesus had finished giving these instructions to his 12 disciples, he went out to teach and preach in towns throughout the region. John the Baptist, who was in prison, heard about all the things the Messiah was doing. So he sent his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? Jesus told them, go back to John and tell him what you've heard and seen. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life, and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who do not fall away because of me. As John's disciples were leaving, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds. What kind of man did you go out into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swayed by every breath of wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people with expensive clothes live in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, and he's more than a prophet. John is the man to whom the scriptures refer to when they say, look, I'm sending my messenger ahead of you and he will prepare your way before you. I tell you the truth. Of all who have ever lived, none is greater than John the Baptist. And yet even the least person in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he is. And from the time John the Baptist began preaching until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and violent people are attacking it. For before John came, all the prophets in the law of Moses looked forward to this present time. And if you are willing to accept what I say, he is Elijah, the one of the prophet, the one the prophets said would come. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. To what can I compare this generation? It's like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't mourn. For John didn't spend his time eating and drinking. And you say, he's possessed by a demon. The son of man, Jesus, on the other hand, feasts and drinks. And you say, he's a glutton and a drunkard and a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But wisdom is shown to be right by its results. This is the word of God. All right. This is just such an interesting, um, unique, confusing passage and story. I want you to think about John the Baptist and the story of John the Baptist. John, in the, in the, in the birth story of Jesus, if you go back to the birth story of Jesus, you, you remember that Mary, Jesus' mother, finds out she's going to be pregnant with Jesus through the angel. She goes to visit Elizabeth, her cousin, uh, and Elizabeth is John the Baptist's mother, who's pregnant with John. And Elizabeth says, when uh, the baby inside me heard your voice, it leapt. <laughs> so it, it seems as if the, the Spirit of God working at work there, it's as if John the Baptist, as a child within Elizabeth, his mom, leapt at hearing the voice of Mary, the mother of Jesus. Like there's this special understanding. There's this uniqueness about Jesus 
and and the mother of Jesus here. I mean, there's a special knowledge that's happening here, right? Um, and then later, John the Baptist uh, is going to baptize Jesus, and he says, "I shouldn't baptize you. You should baptize me. I'm not even worthy to you know tie your sandals." And then Jesus says, "No, we have to do this." And John sees the Spirit descend on him. John notices Jesus and says, when he he's talking to people about Jesus and says, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the earth. I mean, he testifies about Jesus, saying he must become greater, I must become less. I mean, John is constantly pointing to Jesus. This guy seems clear about Jesus. And now... He's hearing all these stories about Jesus doing all the stuff. <laughs> and what does he say? He sends some disciples. He's in prison. And he sends some disciples over to Jesus. And this is what he says. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking? What are you talking about? This is just ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, do we have to spell it out for you, John? But I think the key word here is expecting. And I would say that Jesus is not the Messiah John was fully expecting. And and Jesus essentially could say, no, I'm not the Messiah you were fully expecting, John. And he kind of has a nice way of saying that in many ways. Are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking? Jesus essentially says to him, moving on, you know what? I'm not, I am the Messiah. I'm not what you fully expected, but, and you have to look no further than me. I mean, that's essentially the response. Because see, here's the, 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 the thing. John and the people of Israel have been anticipating and expecting the Messiah, the Savior, the Christ, the, the one promise to come to free them from their enemies. They've been waiting. They've been longing. um, They've been uh, looking. They've been praying. And the expectation and anticipation was that the Messiah would come and like a great warrior king uh, through, um, through violence, through power, through war, through whatever, um, overthrow Rome, um, kick out Rome, uh, free Israel, set Israel on the right path with God. God would once again be king. Israel would be blessed and Israel's enemies would be um, destroyed and um, and Israel would be, uh, you know, victorious. And so that was kind of the image. And Jesus shows up, and there's not a lot of talk about this big judgment for Rome or judgment for Herod, who put, G- who put John in prison. And it seems like Jesus is dragging his feet on all that kind of stuff. And he's being quiet about being the Messiah. And he's healing people. He's hanging out with all the wrong people. And so... Um, it's judgment time. John is waiting in prison for Jesus to start kicking butt and taking names and setting John free from prison so we can get, get on with this kingdom stuff. It's judgment time. It's time to kill the Romans. It's time to destroy King Herod and all the pretend rulers of Israel 
and see God be king. Let's go. Set me free. Let's get on with this. And Jesus says, I'm doing the Messiah stuff. As scripture says, I'm doing all the Messiah stuff. But this isn't judgment time. This is a time of God's favor. It's a time of God's grace. It's a time of God's mercy. It's a time of God's patience. It's a time of God's healing. And I'm I'm not doing what you're expecting. And as a result, don't fall away on account of me. Don't lose heart, John. You're not going to be getting out of jail from my activity as Messiah. It's not going to go the way you expected. And like most people at that time, John had those different expectations on Jesus. And most likely out of good intentions, right? I mean, freedom for your people and, uh, you know, a desire to worship God the way they desired and all of those things. Freedom for his people and and uh, God being king. And, and yet Jesus said, listen, this isn't what you're expecting. And here's the thing. I think we can all, um, as I reflect on this, we all can put expectations on Jesus. Right? We can all pigeonhole him and put him in our nice, neat little box and, uh, you know, think, Jesus, you know, you're too... In some ways, you're too merciful. I have an expectation that you should be more judgmental, you know? Um, you should be more judgmental, and um, but you're too merciful. And you love all those people, and you should really be more judgmental and, uh, and, and not so loving to all people. And then at other times, we think, you know, Jesus, you're... You should be more merciful and and not talk about sin and not start talking about the narrow way and not call sin out and you know I don't I don't like that when you do those things <laughs> when you do talk about judgment it bothers me or there's we think Jesus you're too strict or you're too costly you're calling me to deny myself and follow you and serve. And, you know, it just, I don't like these expectations. And I think the thing that we have to remember is that in following Jesus, he is a living king. Um, it's about, in being a disciple, it's about walking in Jesus' footsteps. It's not about him walking in our footsteps. And so today, what are some of the expectations perhaps you've been putting on Jesus? Jesus, would you make my life better? I'll follow you if you do this. I will be your disciple if you do this. If you do this, then I'll do this. Do you have any expectations on him? Or are you surrendered and say, Jesus, you are the king. Uh, Regardless of what happens, uh, I'm going your way. I'm following you. Let's pray. God, today we just surrender to whatever you have for us. Jesus, you are the king. Take our expectations and uh, and just uh, shred those. And may we recognize that we follow a living king and that we would follow in your footsteps and follow your way and not expect you to get in alignment with us, but help us to see where you're already at work and join you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great day.